Good morning. Welcome to Jesus in Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. So we are in Proverbs 25, looking at verse 11 and 12, and wise words these are. So let's jump right in. Verse 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. So, yet again, Solomon in his wisdom, he uses this awesome analogy of gold jewelry and compares it to um, words spoken at the right moment and at the right time, in the right way, with the right intentions. <laughs> and it fits very well. Um, now, obviously, we see time and time again that Scripture uh, condemns the idea of putting faith and trust in material things of this world, right? But it's not a sin to have jewelry, jewelry, if I can speak this morning, jewelry, and to wear that jewelry. It's not a sin to do that. It's not a sin to have that. It's not a sin to have some wealth. The problem is when you love it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and God is pushed to the side. That's the problem, okay? Gold and jewelry can be something that we celebrate as a reflection of God's glory. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. So... We need to be careful when we read some of these analogies like this and not not try to argue that there's contradictions in Scripture because that's not the point that Solomon's making. But when someone puts a piece of jewelry on, it makes them feel good about uh, maybe their image. It makes them feel good about um, security in a secure sense. Like they, they have finances that make them feel more secure and safe, okay? So when we understand that concept of why someone would wear jewelry and what it kind of signifies, then this makes a whole lot more sense. So if someone speaks words to you that are encouraging, it's like putting on gold jewelry or to have some sort of material wealth. You know, it gives you a bit of security and safety. It gives you some confidence. And it makes you feel better about life in general. So encouraging words that lift people up, that's what they're like. And it's like an ornament of gold, the wise reprover. Now a wise reprover to a listening ear is someone who gives correction, someone who tries to teach and guide and direct. And what's important here is the listening ear. You know, Solomon's talked a lot about people who are stubborn and don't listen to wisdom. They ignore it and they're arrogant. But someone who's humble and listens to wisdom, they're going to gain a lot. It'll be like gaining um, valuable jewelry uh, for them to gain that wisdom from the reprover, the person who's trying to guide and direct them and teach them. Okay, now here's here, let's just dig a little bit deeper here. So how? How does a person speak a word that is fitly, as the description is here, right? It's not exactly how we, we would say it, but how does a word fitly spoken even happen? What is a word fitly spoken? I mean, there's lots of things we can say to people, and sometimes we say things with good intentions, and it comes across the wrong way. Or maybe it is a good word, but that person is stubborn and they're too caught up in the moment and too emotional that they take it the wrong way. 
So how do we navigate that, right? How do we say fitly words to people in our life? Well, one rule of thumb for us to follow as Christians is to base it upon the two greatest commandments. So let's say someone's going through a tough time, a friend of yours, and you want to try to encourage them, but you know they're in a very sensitive state right now. So you're not exactly sure what you can say or how to say it that it's not going to offend, but it's going to uplift the person. Well, a guide for you would be to think of the two greatest commandments, loving God and loving others. What I'm thinking about saying to this person right now, does this bring glory to God? Is it something that makes the name of God great? Is it something that puts God on a pedestal and uplifts his glory in the eyes of this person who's hurting or suffering right now? Uh, is what I'm going to say, make it about God, and would it bring pleasure to him for me to say it? That's one question you can ask. Second question, what I'm going to say right now is it going to be putting the person before myself? Or is what I'm going to say right now sound arrogant and selfish? Is what I'm going to say going to make that person feel genuinely loved and cared for? That I genuinely think more of them than I do of myself? And so those are two questions, two, two guidelines you can follow based on the two greatest commandments when you're trying to figure out what to say to someone to try to encourage them. Now, it's not foolproof, <laughs> obviously, um, and a person can take really good words and wisdom and twist it in such a way that it comes out negative in their own mind, especially in their very, if, if they're in a state, um, uh, in an emotional state that's very, very much in shambles. So sometimes, a word fitly spoken is not even needed in that moment. Sometimes silence is what's best until that person can get to a state to where they have a listening ear. Because some people, they're so hurt, they're so broken that they don't even have a listening ear. So there is no point in giving a, a word fitly spoken or to be a wise reprover for them. Okay, It's best just to remain silent. And uh, you kind of learn that with time, at least I have in regards to um, counseling a family as they're going through the loss of a loved one, um, for example. And sometimes silence is the best thing you can do. And you just pray and ask God to guide you when you need to seek and try to give a word fitly spoken. And be very short and brief with it. Base it upon the two greatest commandments and you'll be okay. Now, I have another New Testament passage of Scripture I want to throw in here with this one. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And that kind of goes right along with the two greatest commandments. So what is the word of Christ? Well, Christ in his entire life was built on the two greatest commandments. His goal in everything he did was to love God with all of his heart and to love others. And so for us, we need to seek to live that same way. And the best way to get the words of Christ within us is through his word. And we see that in all of his actions and his words, they were built on those two greatest commandments. So at the end of the day, that's how we approach this right here. If we want to use kind words and say the right words that are like apples of gold and a setting of silver, then we need to think about what is most important and valuable in Scripture, and that is God 
and others. All right, going to stop there. Thank you for joining me today. Have a wonderful and blessed Monday morning. And all you do this week, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's where true joy lies. God's going to take care of everything else. Take care. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.